So, hey, welcome, everybody. Uh, my name is Steve Chernosky, and this is Tap Into You, a new podcast on regional issues brought to you by Tap Into Flemington Raritan, your neighborhood news online. Find us at tapinto.net. Uh, this episode taped on December 22nd, 2020, and we'll begin conversations with local business owners discussing how they started up, the current challenges they face during the COVID-19 pandemic, and what they see in the future. And today I'm joined with uh, Oddbird Brewing in Stockton, New Jersey, uh, Adam Juncosa. You officially opened your doors, if I'm correct, um, you know, at Oddbird in Stockton, right on Route 29 there by the gas station. Uh, you officially opened up in January of 2020. Is that correct? Yeah, February 1st was kind of our first uh, day open to the public. We were open like a few days beforehand as a soft opening to see, uh, you know, family and friends and it kind of uh, escalated to, to neighbors and then out the door. But uh, February 1st was kind of our first day. Cool. And, and uh then a month later, we're quarantining. But I guess before we get you know fast forward to that, how yeah. how was the first month? I mean, how the festivities, you know, the, the customers that first uh, month. How were things going in February? Uh, it was it was fantastic, honestly. It was uh, a little overwhelming the first weekend. Uh, you know, uh, the only employees at that point, well, still kind of at this point, was just me and my wife Karen. Uh, so we were running the the tap room open the doors and all of a sudden it's just packed because there's there's not a whole lot of breweries in our specific area and nobody wants to be there the first day walked home the next that night and be like what did we do (laughs) kind of shell-shocked and by the next weekend we had our feet underneath us and it was it was fun I mean it was a lot of fun we were seeing neighbors that and people in Stockton and people in the, the other local areas, I mean, we didn't advertise because we were kind of tiny. We still yeah. are. Um, and it was just good seeing people in, in a very kind of old school pub manner uh, where it was like, you know, we've got long tables. So you'd see like people from one side of the town and people from the other side of the town. Be like, Oh yeah, I've seen you before. And then sitting down yeah. and having beer together. It was, it was really, it was cool, especially like, you know, January, February, uh, beginning of March in New Jersey, you know, people kind of hibernate most of the times. Yeah. I mean, in previous years, like not even talking about this year. So it was cool. It was fun. So, you know, I, I do want to get into how you started like a little bit. I know the homebrew story. I see the annihilated, uh, you know, <laughs> sweatshirt in the background. And some of those guys are a conclave now, if I'm correct. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so how, you you were, you were a home brewer for fifteen years uh, before you decided to you know start well, this venture. Oh, 12, twelve years. Okay. Well, it was in the beer for well more than fifteen years, but about fifteen years. Uh, but yeah, home brewing for twelve years. Uh, the our homebrew club, the Annihilated, out of uh, Lambertville and New Hope, um, has been around for we're coming up on ten years uh, in uh, this year. Um, two of the guys went on to start uh, Conclave, and actually, uh, one of the other guys who was one of the best brewers I know just did a collaboration with Freewell, and oh. the Annihilated logo is on one of their most recent cans, which is just nice. the neatest thing. Cool. And so, you know, things are going well. You just started this business, uh, you know, you and and then uh, 
you're seeing, I, I guess by February, like I, I remember going to a hockey game in, in New Jersey, uh, in Newark. And then like, I got like my bottle of hand sanitizer with me and it feels like something's coming. And then March, the, the shutdown happens in mid March. And yeah. what, what, as a business owner, what, what are you, what's going through your mind? Uh, honestly, it, it was, it was surreal. Um, my, uh, my sister-in-law is in, uh, is in the Coast Guard, high, high up in the Coast Guard, and was on uh, the West Coast, kind of gave us a heads up, like, relatively early, saying, you know, this is something that's going on, you guys should start planning, start thinking about this, um, and we, anything we do, we're, we, we try to think out greatly. The last weekend we were open, um, March 13th and 14th, and we were really contemplating closing that weekend closing early before anyone else did uh but it was a weird weekend because it was like 60 degrees and most of i mean it was really warm during the day on that and our brewery two of the sides basically opened up because of the garage doors so we had the garage doors open we had the ventilation going we had the fans going and we were able to to open and you know we were sanitizing everything like before any of the shutdowns, before any of the actual, um, you know, ABC and New Jersey and federal pushed anything to happen. Um, right after we shut down, it was just kind of like, okay, what are we doing now? And it was, we, we closed for two weeks um, because if we were going to do something, we, we wanted to make sure it was done uh, feeling um thoughtful and well thought out and not just ad hoc so we uh we spent two weeks and i'm i'm from a tech background so i built uh, a website and um and the ability to order our beer online uh where i mean you couldn't tell hopefully couldn't tell between our brewery's website and like you know a nationwide brewery's website it's kind of the vibe we wanted and we wanted people to be able to feel really comfortable getting our beer. So we moved to 100% to go, uh, Crowlers only, uh, the 32-ounce cans that are becoming popular now. Uh, we opened with a Crowler machine because I saw one on the West Coast. And I'm like, that, that's awesome. I kind of hate, hate Growlers, so it worked out. Um, and then we just went, we moved to open up our garage door, had a screen between us and the, and the customers because no one had any idea what was going on at that point you could order your beer pay for it online walk up and then we handed you with gloves and yep. sanitized wipes handed you your beer and that was it and that's what we did for a couple months no i mean to, to those uh listeners who have never been there i mean yeah it's, it's exactly like he's describing it, it's it's uh you know a large building well you know relatively large room uh, and uh, you do have these two uh, huge garages. <laughs> yeah, and, and so when you open it up, it did make for, a, like, there have been a couple of businesses that I've seen, like, they've utilized their, their entrances or exits in some cases um, just as very efficient t- takeout, right? weather permitting, too. Um, yeah. You know, very efficient. So, I mean, like, as you are you thinking, though, as a business owner, like, um, this, what, what, a, what a great time to open a new business at first um i you know what so many people had it way harder than us i try not to be uh ever woe is me i mean 
sure other people I'm friends with would disagree with me on that, but like as, as outwardly, and especially when it comes to the business, um, the fact that we were so uh, low overhead and the fact that it was, we didn't have to worry about a huge amount of employees. And those are the people that I, I, my, my heart goes out to, uh, you know, the people who have a, a tasting room that has, you know, 15 employees and they, they have to figure out how to handle that and like how to keep those people like, like paid and, you know, in, you know, in their apartments and their houses and everything uh, where we didn't have to worry about that. So because we were so over, low overhead and because we kind of had a to go mindset going into it, um, it worked. It, 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 it was, it was crazy trying to pivot on a regular basis. Uh, but it wasn't as bad. It wasn't as bad as a lot of other people at it, you know? Yeah. So can't complain. So besides creating the, uh, the website and optimizing beer for takeout, which was, I'm sure, you know, it existed. Right. But I mean, I know there were some, you know, Bob of, of Lone Eagle was delivering in a certain mile yeah. radius, like, you know, yeah. cause the state changed the rules on that. Um, did you notice like, and then when the weather, as the weather gets good and our numbers go down, like what, what's, what, what are some of the customer um, patterns that you noticed emerged uh, once you, once you decided to make the call and say, all right, well, we can go ahead and open up our outdoor seating area. Um, so we went a hundred percent to go until beginning of August, I think. And the, I mean, that's a whole different topic is, is the fact of how the ABC, the alcohol beverage control handled um, allowing breweries to have outside spaces and allowing, you know, people with, which was, if, if sorry, don't want to go on tangents, but if anything was a silver lining in this really ridiculously difficult year, is how well the ABC worked with the brewers and the brewers association and all that stuff to, to, to make it work, to just cut red tape, to just allow, you know, people to, to, to continue business was, was fantastic. And it was shocking, but it was, it was fantastic. Oh. But for us, when it comes to the, the customers, so we opened, we, we bought a tent, we, uh, we closed for two weeks to, to kind of figure everything out because again, we, we didn't want to like, Hey, we're just going to have some chairs in a parking lot. And, you know, we're, we're in a gas station, which is really weird. You know, we're the weirdest gas station in New Jersey, but uh, sitting in on like lawn chairs in a gas station parking lot, drinking beer, you know, it's, if you're tailgating maybe, but you know, normally it's, it, it doesn't work. So we wanted to make it feel right. So we, you know, got the AstroTurf and got the, you know, figured everything out. So we were able to open up a very beer garden-esque tent for people. And then wanted to make sure that all the chairs were, were about 30% more than the, the regulated distance between them because we didn't, you know. Right. Karen and I, we're, we have uh, immunocompromised family members, you know, um, so we are very conscious of wanting to make sure that people not just felt safe, but were safe. 
Um, so we, we kind of like went the extra mile on that and kind of a lot of sleepless nights trying to figure it out. And, but the, the cool thing is once we opened up, we got a lot of people who were coming in and being like, you know, I haven't been in here since March. And yeah, we, we kind of like poked our heads in and Hey, this, this feels okay. And this is the first normal thing we're doing since March. And we did that for, wow. Yeah, it was cool. That was to really hear that cool. In, to hear that in August or September is yes. Wow. Yeah. We were definitely hearing that on, on a regular basis. Um, our patrons are amazing. I mean, we really, we've kept really under the radar, uh, by design, sort of, just so we're not overwhelmed. Um, wow, that sounded mildly. No, it's, it, you know, it sounded like is but, that you know, like I, I'm I'm running a good enough business where I don't have to advertise as much. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Like. I mean, so we wanted to keep it like you know, we wanted to organically grow and just you know, so people found out about us and and it and it people were amazing. I mean, people like the patrons were amazing. People were just really happy to be out and in public around people and feeling some semblance of normalcy mm -hmm. uh, without feeling like, Hey, I'm jammed in a place where there's somebody like right next to me. And I don't know who this person is. And, you know, it, it, it was, it was cool. It, it, it really worked really well. We, we did it for a couple of months until it started getting too cold and the wind yeah. almost threw our tent into traffic. Uh, <laughs> that's all different story. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, it was a tent and it had, you had the nice, you know, artificial grass. I, I guess, um, you know, what, what kind of beers have you done, in, you know, from the beginning? Uh, have you changed it up seasonally? Have, has, you know, being shut down made you get more inventive or try things you wouldn't have tried? Or did you always have a plan right along? This is how the season's going to fall. Oh, yeah, no, the, the best laid plans of mice and brewers or something. I don't know. Uh, it was, it was weird. Uh, this this year has been weird, and honestly, um, I, I'm, I am trying to look at like silver linings, and there has been a bunch of them. Uh, when we first started, we we had nine physical taps on our on our, you know, um, uh, in our brewery, like behind the bar, because we we had to like plan ahead because they're they're through, you know, it's a piece of stone, so we have a piece of local quarry stone with our taps coming out of it, so we couldn't really add more afterwards so we're like nine that's that's what we're gonna do so when we opened we opened with four beers and we really tried to like focus on like classic styles but also you know doing ipas but not not necessarily the uh, the ipas that are very popular right now like more of a classic ipa and a modern rendition that sounds not too pretentious um maybe modern english i, I don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's uh so um so we had four beers. We're like, okay, by a year in, we may have six. We may have six beers. And that's what we're going to do. But then when we went to go only, it, it's, it's, it's a totally different animal. So we ended up, you know, being able to brew a lot more. And then you're moving a lot more beer because, you know, when you're going to go, it's more beer out the door regularly. And, you know, the right. margins aren't as good, but like the, the physical amount of beer you're moving is higher so it forced us to brew a lot more than we kind of anticipated so and then we started brewing a lot more styles than we anticipated and um but things that i wanted to brew like things i'm like okay by year two i'll do this style of beer because it's going to take a while but um 
all of a sudden we had tank space and we're like, okay, well we can start doing, you know, mixed fermentation, weird sour beers and age them in barrels from Alba because we, we have the ability to do that with our tasting room closed. We can put things in there. Uh, we were able to do, uh, you know, long age lagers. Um, yep. We have a Pilsner that, you know, I, if we had the tasting room open, I'm not sure if I'd be able to have held up a tank for, you know, three months to make that beer. And Pilsner's um, and lagers take longer to brew. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pilsner and lager takes about like uh, an IPA takes three weeks. So how we do Pilsner's takes about three months. So wow. or how we do lagers do about three months. So it's just, it's just been, we really, really changed how we did things, uh, how we do, how we're doing our beers. Uh, we're really still focusing on like low percentage classic styles. I mean, the beer we're the most proud of is our, our Kolsch, which probably yeah. was our, I mean, very few breweries, uh, their best seller is a Kolsch. So it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, it was weird and uh, hard to even explain. And I still haven't even wrapped my head around it. And about a year from now, I'll be able to look back and, at the, the logs and be like, oh, okay, that's that. That was that was cool. And because of the the, the pandemic, was um, were ingredients uh, harder to obtain? Were were any ingredients harder to obtain? No, and that wow. was that was that Surprising. was a big thing that we were all worried about. That and like honestly, when I started the immediate like March, when we were like, hey, we're shutting down. We sat down. And we're like, okay, well, we're ordering like three pallets huh. of everything. We're ordering. Uh, we're ordering all our grain, we're ordering all our hops, we're just ordering stuff. We bought a chest freezer, you know, huge 20 uh, cubic foot one to, to just put hops in and like, you know, really we're like, hey, if things break down, we're, we, we'll, we're good. I mean, our, our yeast is all from a local uh, local yeast wrangler from um, uh, Hillsboro. Uh, shout out to East Coast Yeast in Albach. Best, seriously, best yeast ever um but uh no no the only thing that we saw long lead times on and other breweries saw it a lot worse than us were uh aluminum cans that was that was oh. that was rough um it's interesting yeah so we do all our stuff in crowlers the 32 ounce ones uh you don't do the four packs we don't do four packs we're we're we are small to do four packs you kind of need um uh, for our size, it, it's like a, a certain setup fee, and that setup fee for our size doesn't really make financial sense at this point. We'll we'll see what happens in the future. Uh, bigger breweries have the same setup fee, but you know they're putting out eight times as much beer, so it, it spreads further. And you are a nano. You you define yourself as a nano. Oh brewery, yeah, yeah. Right? I yes. think, you're hundred yeah, barrels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. Nano is like under 250 barrels. I may be totally making that up, but uh, we're about 100 barrels this year. We'll probably max out at like 300 barrels. So, gotcha. Uh, barrel 31 gallons of beer. So one of my questions I'm going to ask to all the businesses is like, you know, where do you see the state going from here with, um, you know, permanent changes? Uh, you know, there's certain restrictions that have always been big battles. Like you guys can't have food. Uh, you can't like show sporting events. Um, yeah. New Jersey right now, according to BrewersAssociation.org, ranks 46th uh, in breweries per capita. And I'm sure, yeah. I'm look, I'm sure a lot of those restrictions 
are partially the reason why. Um, wh yeah. What do you, where, I guess a better question is, I, always, I ask this too much, but if you could wave a magic wand, you know, so it, it allows you some fanciful imagination here. If you could wave a magic wand, what would you like to see stay, stay the same change uh, going forward into the future? Um, for us, we are small, so we, we're able to work in whatever framework we're given. I mean, that's, that's, we, you know, I, I'm all, I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm a council person, so I'm, I understand the limitations of government movement and all that stuff. Um, I would love to, so, uh, <laughs> a whole hour of conversation on that but no, I'll, keep, keep it, I'll keep it small honestly um a lot of the things that they added like the ability to have outdoor seating the, uh, the ability to have uh delivery um the ability to just you know random things like that um and, and there's a couple other things that they're adding in making those permanent realizing that the breweries, you know, there's so few of us. There's what, 150 breweries in New Jersey, maybe at this point. Um, that the guys who opened in 2012. About right. Like the, yeah, you almost got that on the nose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the guys who um who uh, who started in 2012, Augie, uh, Carton, uh, Kane, uh, Kate May, all all those ones. Um, they they really had to like fight an uphill battle and they really needed to do they needed to be big they needed to do a lot of distribution because that was the way to make money because tasting rooms were were kneecapped um the fact that breweries have done really well in new jersey that tasting rooms is a very unique culture and a very unique space um that you're not getting at a local bar and you you don't people aren't going to a tasting room instead of going to a local bar. It's, it, it's a different mindset. You're not, you're, it's not a competition. It really isn't. Um, the fact that we uh, can't do, I, I would love to be able to see like, Hey, you can, we can sell, we can partner with a, uh, a restaurant. We can part like do stuff like that. Uh, yeah. That, yeah that'd the, be the good. Yeah. We partner with a restaurant is, is, is crazy like i would love to be able to see somebody be able to come into a a, a brewery uh, a brewery tasting room and with their family which you know the amount of kids that we had at our our, our tasting room was fantastic the amount of families that would go out yeah. and have a beer or two and bring food in and just make an afternoon of it was was wonderful really like it, it felt good I would love to see the New Jersey legislature, especially like after this, say, hey, during the pandemic, during the worst of times, the limited brewery license owners, which is 150 of them instead of the 6,000, you know, random other uh, liquor license owners, whether it be uh, bars, liquor stores, right. whatever, who, who kind of looked at breweries as as competition yeah it's a, big, or, it's a big issue for people that don't know yeah yeah it looked at us as competition and looked at us as hey they're they're taking our business so we need to make sure that they stay in their place that the legislature looks at us as hey they were good actors during this these guys 
I, I as far as I know, there was no um, infractions from breweries during this this whole thing. And they, ABC's unlike some bars attention. that made the news. Yeah, yeah. So saying, hey, they're good actors. They know they're they're doing this right. They're following the rules. We should give them a little bit more, you know, leadway to to ex to. I don't want to say get bigger or just 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 follow through. Why not get bigger? I mean, if yeah, you're helping yeah. business, if you're creating jobs by getting yeah. bigger, if you're able to make enough money where you can hire local people to Agreed. employ, um, you know, that should be seen as a win-win. And, and, and here I do have the number now is that the one estimate, according to NJ.com, is that 37 to 42 of independently owned restaurants could face uh, a fear of some closure uh, yeah. potentially. And so that, you know, Look, I mean, adding a local brew to a local restaurant and kind of cutting red tape along. I mean, it almost reminds me of what Troon does in Hopewell with a brick yeah. farm. And I know that's that's probably classified differently as a farm brewery, right? Or I don't even know what no, it's no, classified. No, no. They're, they're I can never brewery. get their beer. I mean, he posts on everybody knows he he's more like I it's I don't have it's Instagram. Cool I don't, I don't have Instagram. So I, I, yeah. I and yeah. I'm not that crazy that I'm gonna drive up as soon as I see a post. For people that don't know, they pretty much advertise over Instagram, if that's fair to say. Um, yeah. Not to knock it. I think I've had it once or twice, and it's um, just very hard to get. It sells out very quickly. Yeah. But they also do sell it nearby at the Brick Farm Tavern, I think it is, restaurant in Hopewell. And yep. it is on tap there. Yep. And that, that kind of is, you know, if you miss out on all those Instagram posts, you could always have dinner at the Brick Farm Tavern. Crazy good food. Crazy yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is no, it really is in a yeah. very unique menu. Yeah, they're they they are a singular thing, and, and it's really cool. I, I I give Alex huge amounts of respect for what he does, but uh, yeah, no, their 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 thing is, um, you know, they're on the same property, uh, and they they sell uh, uh, kegs to to the restaurant, but like you know, they don't partner with the restaurant. It's you know it's they're they're separately licensed um mm. places so it, it works for them it really works for them it's a very unique space and we we kind of have i mean we have a, a very very mini me version of that is um in our same gas station uh we have the rosemont supper club which is used to be in rosemont uh, i think they're actually called rsc atelier now if i can pronounce that properly it's a difficult french word for me uh so they were in rosemont then they were in the stockton market and now they are a restaurant and on the other side of the gas station from us oh. and they um they sell amazing amazing american french fusion rustic stuff and it's it's like 99 percent ready to go and you can just order it online and, and pick it up and their, their food's awesome um and one of the things that is really cool that kind of benefits us um but like unintentionally is they do um uh build your own charcuterie plates so you can go to their website and pick i want this 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 mm -hmm. uh, like these really cool like you know meats and cheeses and breads and you know all kinds of interesting things that they make in house and then go pick it up pay for it walk over to our space and sit down with world-class charcuterie and order beer which is pretty cool and like that's it works where we're working within the guidelines of the abc but like 
to be able to actually like partner and do something like that, like further that uh, with it being a hundred percent on the up and up would be the coolest thing in the world. Cool. Well, Hey, Adam, uh, thank you again. Again, this has been uh, Tap Into You by Tap Into Flemington Raritan, your neighborhood news online. Find us at tapinto.net. I'm Steve Chernosky, and I've been joined here by Adam Giancosa, the co-owner of Oddbird Brewing in Stockton, New Jersey. Adam, can you tell me one more time where they can find you? Uh, Oddbirdbrewing.com has literally all of our information and the ability to order our beer uh, for pickup. So. And Adam built the website pretty much himself, right? Yes, something <laughs> like that. Nice.